This program is brought to you by Abiding Above Ministries. All right, I want to bring a message called Self, Our Own Worst Enemy. If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to Romans chapter 7. I'm going to look at verses 15 through 25. Many years ago, I had a man ask me to lunch. I had preached this sermon. I had preached it at Bellevue Baptist Church. He said, can we meet for lunch this week? I want to know more about self. And so we met for lunch, and I told him everything I knew about the flesh or self. And he told me many years later, he said, you know, after we ate lunch that day, we talked about the flesh, self. I went home, and I had to lay down. He said, because I realized all these years when I did something wrong, I blamed it on Satan. And I would ask people to pray for me until you introduced me to self. And I realized I can't blame it on Satan and his demons. I have to look into the mirror and say, I am my own worst problem. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. What does the Bible mean when it says flesh that we struggle with inside? There's like a war going on. I want to do good, but I end up doing bad. I know better, but I don't act on what I know better. What is going on within me? The title of the message again, Self, Our Own Worst Enemy. Now, there are three enemies of the Christian, which are the world, the flesh, and the devil. You say, well, what is the world? The world and its system has an evil influence on us because the devil, our adversary, is the ruler of this world. So what we see happening right now all over the world, Satan and his demons are all involved in it everywhere. It's very evident in these days, especially because of technology. We see things now happening in other countries that we never would have even known before. The world system is controlled by the devil. God is sovereign over all. But right now, the world system is controlled by the devil. Then we have the flesh as our enemy. And that's our main focus today is this, the flesh. The root cause of all our sins is the flesh. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So this is the conflict that we feel deep inside. I feel it every single day. You feel it every single day. I want to do what's right. I know what to do that's right. But then I find myself not doing it. Paul, the apostle who wrote most of the New Testament, he struggled with the same exact thing. All of us struggle with this. We blame it on the devil, but the truth is we are the ones to blame. You see, we struggle with the three musketeers, me, myself, and I. Flip Wilson had it wrong. Flip Wilson said what? The devil, devil made me do it. Everybody in here knew it. He was wrong. We can't blame it on Satan. I have to say it is Chris Hodges that makes me do wrong primarily. 
That is my flesh. That is the self-life. That's what we're talking about uh, in this message. You see, if you are a child of God, the devil cannot make the believer do anything. We have to choose to sin. We choose to sin one at a time over and over and over. So throughout this message, you're going to hear me refer to the flesh as self and self as flesh. They are the same. When I say flesh, I'm saying self. When I say self, I'm saying flesh. And I'm not talking about the flesh on your body. I'm talking about something that's going on inside of you. The flesh in this passage of Romans chapter 7 is referring to the evil, corrupt nature which is inherited from Adam and which is still in every believer. Do you know we all came from Adam? You see, Satan does not want us to think about this. All of us came from Adam. Black, white, Chinese, Russian, it does not matter one iota. All of us came from Adam. Our problem is not race. Our problem is three letters. S-I-N. That is our problem. But see, Satan and his demons want to confuse us and blame it on other things. Listen, according to the Word of God, if people do not turn to Christ and His cross before they die, they're going to spend an eternity separated from God. Satan wants to get us so confused on so many things that we don't look to the cross and say, in Christ alone, He takes me out of Adam, He places me in Christ Jesus. And if you're saved, if you're born again, and you're here today, you and I are spiritual Siamese twins. That's what the Bible teaches. You're in Christ. Christ is in you. I'm in Christ. Christ is in me. We're in the body of Christ, and we'll be there forever. Life here on this earth is very brief compared to an eternity that never ends. That's why we should not live for this world system controlled by Satan we should live for Christ and Christ alone. And so, this flesh is the source of every evil action which a person performs. There is nothing good in it. When we learn this, it delivers us from looking for any good in our own nature. It delivers us from being disappointed when we don't find any good within us. A godly man named George Mueller, he once said this, to be disappointed is to have believed in your self. A lot of times when I'm saying the word self, I do this, self. And I started doing that with young people in my church many years ago because who deceived Eve in the garden? Satan, in the form of a serpent, a snake. So think of self. Think of it as a slithering, sneaky, manipulative self. That's what it is. Self wanting to rule. Robert Murray McShane said this, For every look we take at ourselves, we should take ten looks at Christ. 
instead of always thinking about myself, take 10 looks at the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe there is no reason to think that when we read through this passage, that Paul was not thinking of himself in this way. And so there is a principle that we're going to see as we look through these things, and it's the principle of indwelling sin. And so I'm going to read from Romans chapter 7, 15 through 25. And remember, Paul was a godly man. He was an apostle, but he struggled with the same thing that we struggle with. Listen to what he says in verse 15. He says, for what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh, that's self. For the willing is present in me. I want to do better. The willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. You ever feel this way? I want to stop. I want to do what I know to do. Why am I not doing it? Paul knew what you and I feel. Paul knew it. Verse 19. For the good that I want, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I do not want. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man. Notice, in the inner man, that's where the flesh is. It's in you. It's in me. In the inner man. But I see a different law in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin which is in my members. Then he says this, Wretched man that I am, who will set me free from the body of this death? You ever feel that way? Wretched man that I am. You ever just want to kick yourself and say, wake up, stop it. Verse 25, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then, on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. See there? Nobody's perfect. You may know some people who think they're perfect, but they're not. They may not struggle in the area that you struggle in, but they do struggle. The Bible tells us so. What is the answer to all of this? And so Paul said in verse 18, he said, I know that nothing good lives in me. By the phrase in me, this is what he meant. He was talking about in my sinful nature. This is the principle of sin that expresses itself through one's mind and body. You see, how you think determines what you do, determines how you feel. How you think shows up in how you are. 
You can try to make yourself think differently about yourself to try to maybe impress some people. But if they will watch you long enough, eventually you'll forget to try to make them think that you're something you're not. And you'll be back to really being how you see yourself. You see, our minds are powerful. How we see ourselves, we cannot help but act it out day by day by day. That's why it's very important to see yourself the way God sees you and what God says about you, because eventually your mind will be renewed and you'll begin to live the way you see yourself. If you see yourself badly, you'll act it out. If you'll see yourself in a biblical way, the Bible way, you'll begin to act that out. It is that simple. But you have to choose. And remember, you can if you will. It's an issue of the will. And so Paul called it sin that dwells in me. Again, verse 17, he says, But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. In verse 20, again, now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Paul said evil is present with me in verse 21. He says, I find then a law that evil is present with me. So here's the question. We've already hit all over it. But here's the question. Number one, what is self? What is it? The self life is what we are in ourselves apart from God. If you take that word flesh that Paul uses in Romans 7 and turn the word around backwards and drop the H, it spells self. The self-life makes us want to act ungodly. And so for the Christian, there is a moment-by-moment -moment choice we must make, either to walk by our own power, self, or walk by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. So here's my question. Who controls you? You or the Holy Spirit? If it's you, you're controlled by the flesh, self. Or if it's the Holy Spirit, that is the sweet spot. You're the glove, he's the hand. The hand controls the glove, not the other way around. So what power do you walk by? That's what self is. Number two, where did self come from? The self-life came from Adam, the first man. We all came from Adam. And this self-life that we struggle with originally came from Adam. And it's been handed down to every baby that's ever been born and always will be born. God intended Adam to be ruled by the Holy Spirit. But Adam disobeyed God. When he did, he died spiritually. He was separated from God's spirit. Adam's soul and body became sinful. Instead of being ruled by God's spirit, Adam now ruled himself. And so when God said to Adam, where are you? He was in the bushes. He was hiding from God. Do you ever see people hiding in places around here? Little corners behind a dumpster? behind a tree, someplace where nobody will see him. That's because of sin. Adam was hiding in the garden. 
the beautiful garden that God had created, Adam was hiding. But you know what? God came walking in the cool of the day and he said, Adam, where are you? God knows everything, correct? So why did he ask him, where are you? He wanted Adam to realize that he's hiding from him. So Adam said, I'm hiding. Why are you hiding? Because I'm naked. Who told you you were naked? Sin had entered into the world. And so Adam said, that woman you gave to me. That's what Adam said to God who created him. He blamed it on the woman. Are you, any of you blaming something on the woman? Even if she's wrong, you can't blame everything on her because you're wrong too. He said, that woman you gave to me. Now he's blaming not only the woman, he's blaming God for giving him the woman and he's blaming the woman. But guess who he's not blaming? His what? Did y'all say the word self? <laughs> there you go. He was blaming God. He was blaming the woman. But he was not blaming himself. Listen, we can never correct ourselves by not finally saying, it's me, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. As long as we listen to the voices on the radio and the TV and the internet, they're going to tell us somebody else is responsible. That is a lie straight out of hell. Our problem started in the Garden of Eden with the first man and woman, Adam and Eve. We have inherited sin. The reason we have to teach children how to obey is because we, they come into the world disobeying. That's why we're supposed to train up our children in the way that they should go because we're all born with inherited sin. We have what's called the flesh in us wanting to act independently of God and that word flesh is simply self. You see, we can't keep blaming Satan. We have to take an account for our own lives. And so, what did Eve do, the woman? She blamed Satan. She said, the serpent deceived me. She didn't say that I, I knew I wasn't to eat the fruit. She didn't say that, and I did it anyway. She said, the serpent deceived me. You know what, Adam and Eve, which really, if you trace them all the way back, they are our, all of us, great, 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 great grandparents. They, neither one took responsibility. Now, I, I want to ask you this. What would happen in this city is if everybody who lives in this city, a little boy, a little girl, an adult man, an adult woman. Everyone said, it's me. It's me. It would turn this city upside down. The only way we're going to have a great awakening is for us to say, I'm not blaming anyone. It is me. The person who does that is the real man. The woman who does that is the real woman. And they can actually help other people. So, Eve said, that serpent deceived me. You see, mankind has been blaming others ever since. Since Adam was the first man, he passed his sinful nature on to the whole human race. 
Adam is the federal head of the whole human race. Romans 5.12 tells us this. It says, Wherefore, as by one man, talking about Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You know how you can know the Bible's true? The Bible just said, sin came from the first man, Adam. And the Bible says it was passed down to the whole human race. And the Bible says that death came with this sin. No matter what you've heard in a public school system or even a private, doesn't matter. If it does not refer to the Word of God, you're not hearing the accurate truth. Nobody on the face of the earth would deny the fact that people are dying. And if they're honest, they would say, and I'm getting older and I'm dying. That is exactly what the Bible tells us. Just the fact that we're dying tells us the Bible has the answer to the whole human race. Sin came into the world. The reason people are killing each other, the reason people are taking drugs trying to get some peace is because of three letters, S-I-N. And we're trying to point blame everywhere else instead of, it's me, it's mankind. Instead of looking to the Bible for answers, we're listening to people who do not know anything to give us answers to what's ailing mankind worldwide, and it's sin. And the only way to deal with sin is the cross of Christ. And the only way to deal with sin, not only is the cross of Christ, but the Holy Spirit in us, keeping us above the pull of the flesh. And so, there's an old saying, what's in the well comes up in the bucket. I mean, when you see crime, it's because it's coming from the inside of the heart of man. Boys, girls, women, and men. I go over many times a year and preach at a prison just over the river in Arkansas. It's called Brickies. It's in Hughes, Arkansas. The reason those men are in there is because they committed a crime. The reason they committed a crime was because of sin which dwells in them that Paul's talking about here. And the tendency is to blame their situation on someone else. A lot of times it's men blaming the women in their lives. And a lot of times it's the women blaming the men in their lives. Instead of saying, it's me. It's sin that dwells in me, as Paul said. It's the smartest thing to do is go to the root and go to that root with the cross of Christ. Some Christians believe this selfish nature we have was destroyed or removed when they were saved. This is simply not true. How do we know that? Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 says, For the flesh lust against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. God does not remove the old sinful nature when he saves us. Instead, he gives us the Holy Spirit at the moment of our salvation to overcome this self-life as we abide and rest in him moment by moment. So, third thing is this. This self cannot be improved. You see, if I was here trying to tell you 
Be positive and everything will get better. I'd be telling you a lie. Because we have sin that dwells in us. You see, that's why we need God's Spirit in us. To keep us above the world, the flesh, and the devil. You say, well, I can't. God never said you could. He always said he would. Let him be the hand. You're the glove. That is the bottom line. Number three, self cannot be improved. The self-life is just as simple as it was before we were saved. It can never be changed into something good. God is not asking you to clean up, discipline, and try hard to change yourself. He is asking you to deny yourself and let the Holy Spirit control you completely. He's guiding you to think like the Apostle Paul, not I, but Christ. Matthew 16, 24 says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Paul said in Romans 12, 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember, our mind was developed from the time we were babies. As a little baby boy, your mind began to be developed by the adults in your life. It's just the way it is. That can be good. That can be bad. But for all of us, it's a mixture of good and bad. It depends on who the adults are. And then the mind acts on how it sees itself. I know a man who said his dad would get mad at him when he messed up and hit him and say, you're stupid. And he said, I got it in my mind I was stupid. And therefore, though I'm fairly smart, he said, I see myself as stupid and I acted out because it was programmed in my mind as a little boy. So sad. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not stupid. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. The Bible tells me who I am and I'm going to begin to act and walk in what the Bible says I am. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The reasons our minds have to be renewed is because we were born in Adam. We think like Adam, we walk like Adam, and we feel like Adam. So what I'm encouraging you to do in this message is not turning over a new leaf. Remember, when you become a child of God, the Bible says you are a new creature in Christ. God is not in the business of cleaning up the old. He has given you a brand new life, the Holy Spirit. Jeff told me uh, as I came in that last night, quite a few people prayed and asked Christ to come into their heart. And he said, what do they need to do next? I believe the greatest thing that you and I can do, first and foremost, is to know I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And I have the Holy Spirit living in me. And he, if I will tell myself no and tell him yes, he will conform me into his image. And as I read God's word, controlled by the Holy Spirit, it transformed my mind. And then I began to act on how I see myself in Christ. And my life begins to unfold like a beautiful flower. And it doesn't cost any money. It's simply saying no to self and yes to God. Fourth thing is this. Self cannot satisfy God-given needs. 
God has created us with the longing to be unconditionally loved, fully accepted, and completely secure. Your husband can't fully meet your needs if you're a woman here. Your wife cannot fully meet your needs, and your children and best friends can't fully meet your God-given needs. Only God can. When your flesh tries to get these God-given needs met another way, your life becomes a spiritual and emotional drain on everybody around you. Number five, self can be very deceptive. We can serve the Lord for selfish reasons. I can preach this message for selfish reasons. You could teach a Bible class for selfish reasons. You can go on a mission trip for selfish reasons so that other people might see you as a godly man or woman. But all of this is self-centered. Self can be very deceptive. Number six, self involves unceasing conflict. I want to ask you, does conflict seem to follow you wherever you go? I mean, if you were to get on an airplane today in Memphis, Tennessee... They flew you to San Francisco, California. You didn't know anybody there. Nobody knew you there. Within a few days, would you already be in conflict with somebody? That is self. We can't blame it on other people like Adam and Eve did in the garden. We can't blame it on Satan and his demons. We choose to sin one at a time. We have to look in the mirror and say, My problem is the three musketeers, me, myself, and I. My problem is me. It is me. It is me, O Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Our problem is our self-life. You think about the family strife. If you came from a family, there was always strife. People cursing, arguing, drunk. Doped up. All that is self. That is all sin. It causes family strife. And dysfunction breeds dysfunction. Some people have only known chaos from their childhood. They are uncomfortable when everything is going well. They stir up trouble when there is none. So they can be in the atmosphere they are accustomed to. Unceasing Conflict. Have you ever been with a group of people that everybody was talking loud and nobody was listening to the other? How does anybody know what anybody's saying if everybody's talking at the same time? And when they're talking so loud, it's like, do you not realize I'm standing right here? Why are you talking so loud? My dad, when we were growing up, once you entered into the house, you measured your speech and your volume. He said, don't come in the house talking loud. And he taught us, my mom and dad taught us, don't yell to someone in another room. Never do that, ever, ever, ever. Go in there and talk to them. And don't put your feet on the couch. We were taught basic things like, don't put your feet on the couch. Chaos, dysfunction. The reason it breeds more dysfunction As Jeff and I were talking earlier, we all come to this world as a baby. What we see, what we hear, shapes us in those early years. And we become like the adults in our life. God's Word says, God's goal for you and me is to become like Christ. 
You say, well, I can't do it. Correct. The Holy Spirit does it in you and through you. Amen? You're the glove. He's the hand. And yes, all of us have a war going on inside. Give in to the Holy Spirit is the answer. Amen? It's the answer. So, self involves unceasing conflict. Number seven, what are some expressions of self? You say, well, what this self that you're talking about, what does it look like? Self-love, we want others to honor us. Self-pride, we love to hear our name, we tend to brag. Self-pity, we are easily hurt, we truly believe we have it harder than others. Self-pity. Self-seeking, we complain about what we do not have. Self-righteousness, we talk about and condemn the sin of others, but can't see our own sin. Have you ever heard, seen that before? Someone that's always talking about how bad everybody is, and then they can't see. Man, you're just as bad. I mean, how do you talk about the speck in a brother's eye when you got a log in your own? That's the way the Pharisees were, and the Sadducees. Self-will, my way or no way. All the while, I believe Satan's laughing, saying these people do not need my help. They are doing just fine all by themselves. You see what's going on in our world system? You know what? I wish I could get on my knees in front of the whole United States and teach this message and tell people, stop blaming others. Start looking at self and then teach them the Apostle Paul, the same one who wrote Romans 7, who says, I'm struggling. Who's going to help me? He also said this, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself for me. The same one who said, I'm struggling in Romans 7, said, I'm crucified, notice, with Christ. We know he died for us. Do you know he died as you? So, you say, well, let's wrap this up. How do I overcome this? Understand your crucifixion with Christ. I just read Galatians 2.20. See yourself, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Understand your crucifixion with Christ. There was a man leaving a Christian conference in England many years ago. And he had heard the message much like this one. And he had heard what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. It's no longer I, but Christ. It's no longer the glove, but the hand. It's no longer I, but Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. He heard that message. He got it in his mind and he said, as he walked out of the conference, it was actually under a large tent. As he walked out of the conference, he said, I mean, it just dawned on him. His struggle was himself. He said, no longer I, but Christ. I'm going to live that way for the rest of my life. He walked out of that tent saying that. He climbed on a train and was offered a cigar and a drink, to which he responded, I have no hands. I have no lips. Remember, he said, it's no longer I, but it's Christ.
He's forgetting himself. He walked up on the train and was offered a cigar and a drink, to which he responded, I have no hands, I have no lips. He was saying these hands, these lips are no longer mine to do what I want, but Christ to do with them what he wants. I am crucified with Christ. So after lunch, you look around, nobody's looking. You start heading to the store where you can get a bottle. When that thought comes to your mind, you say, I don't have any hands. I don't have any lips. It's no longer I, but Christ. You keep saying that, and eventually it'll be the way you think. And things that you struggle with begin to drop off of you. And you think, boy, this is wonderful. This is a miracle. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's no longer I, but Christ. It's no longer I, but Christ. It's no longer I, but Christ. I don't have hands. I don't have feet. I don't have lips. Because they're Christ. I can't choose to do what I want to do with my hands, feet, lips, eyes. Because they're Christ, I let him control me by the indwelling Holy Spirit. That is the answer. To be as gladly surrendered to the Holy Spirit as the alcoholic is to the bottle. I love you. Listen, Satan is deceiving you. He wants to hold the bottle in front of you as long as he can so that you will not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. When I come and teach these messages like this, he's afraid that somebody's going to say, I'm going to do this. It's no longer I, but Christ. These are not my hands. These are not my feet. This is not my mind. These belong to Christ. Satan does not want you to do this. And only you can choose to say no to self and yes to the indwelling Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, are you saying yes to the indwelling alcohol or drug? You're saying either yes to that that wears off or yes to the Holy Spirit who lives in me. And look, you're saying yes to one or the other. It's your responsibility. When you do wrong, that woman you gave to me, that devil, that serpent deceived me. No, you did it, Adam. You did it, Eve. And you did it, Steve and Jim and Chris. No longer I, but Christ. You know what the middle letter of sin is? Oh, you said it, I. Sin that dwells in us. But the beauty is we have the Holy Spirit in us to keep us above the world, the flesh, and the devil. I crucified with Christ is no longer I who live. So, understand your crucifixion with Christ. Count on your crucifixion with Christ. Paul said in Romans 6, 2 and 3, Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Romans 6, 11, Likewise, you also reckon, that is, consider yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, you have a casket down here with a dead man in it. He's dead. He's graveyard dead. So a beautiful, seductive woman walks into this room, seductively dressed. What does he do? That man in the casket, what does he do? He does nothing. 
You and I are to see, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. I can look at her or I can ask the hand to control me to keep me from looking at her. Because these are not my eyes. These are your eyes. These are not my hands. These are your hands. I am dead because I'm crucified with Christ. And I'm alive. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus by the indwelling Holy Spirit. But this sin that's in me, wanting me to do wrong, I know what to do right, but I don't do it and it frustrates me. It's, this sin is like gravity pulling me down to the ground, but the Holy Spirit is like the motor in a jet airplane. He'll keep you above the gravity of sin if you rely on the motor, who's the Holy Spirit. You say, how do I do that? You close your eyes and you say, it's no longer I, but it's Christ. And the Holy Spirit keeps you above the pull that's pulling you into places around this city that you have no business being in. It's no longer I, the middle letter of sin. It's Christ who dwells in me. I'm the glove. He's the hand. I'm the writing pen. He's the hand. And he's supposed to write the story of my life, not me. Count on your crucifixion with Christ. We are to say I'm dead to sin. Because the Bible tells me so. Amen. You've been listening to Abiding Above Ministries with Chris Hodges. If you would like Chris to speak at your church or event, please go to our website, abidingabove.org. God bless you and make you a blessing.